Maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 128 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. We are on a roll here. I'm back in my groove, back in my routine, and we've got a bunch of great episodes coming. But first, I want to handle a little bit of business really quickly. As many of you know, we are regularly sold out of our custom training plans all the damn time. But as of today, all of our coaches, myself excluded, have opened up available spots. And if you are unaware of what our plans are, what we have currently available are six and 12 week completely individualized training programs. Got lots of other things too, but these are the ones that are always sold out. Each one is custom built with your experience, goals, equipment, and schedule in mind. So it doesn't matter what your situation is, we can work with it. And you'll have in-app messaging with your coach for whatever questions arise. And uh, just so you're in the know, I generally recommend the six-week plans as kind of a quick trip prep or something if you, you've got a big objective coming up, something like that. But if you have the time to dedicate to a full 12-week training plan, I think you'll get much more out of that. And these will sell out, so get in there ASAP, get a spot with either Nate, Blake, Paul, or Jess. Uh, you can find links in the show notes right there in your pocket supercomputer, or you can go to powercompanyclimbing.com slash custom. Get them now. Also, because today's episode is about mentorship, I want to tell you a, a quick story here. My friend Tyler from episode 93 about being good climbing partners. If you haven't listened to that, you should go do that. Uh, recently moved to Malawi, Africa a year or so ago. And one of the first things he did when he got there was put a small home wall up in his garden um, for him to train on. And that attracted the attention of some local kids who instantly fell in love with climbing just like all of us did. And that wall quickly became a community spot where more and more local kids came over to discover climbing and hang out and, and be friends and be mentored by Tyler. And now, Tyler is a quirky guy. He always wears a button-up long sleeve shirt to climb in. And he once told me that it... He does it because it reminds him that it's time for business. And, I mean, we all have our methods. A few months ago, Tyler sent me a photo from the very first Climb Malawi bouldering trip with all these local kids that have been climbing at his wall. And nearly all of the kids are wearing long-sleeve, button-up dress shirts. And the role of that kind of mentorship is so powerful. Just last week, Tyler's landlord told him that he had to dismantle the wall. 
Because of the growth and importance of that community, Tyler had already started a GoFundMe to raise money for a permanent, larger space that can serve the community. And now it needs our help. You'll find links in your show notes to the Climb Malawi Instagram, um, directly to their GoFundMe, and you can also find them at climbmalawi.com to learn more about what Tyler's doing over there. You'll also find the photo of that, that first bouldering trip. The wall might need to be dismantled, but letting the community it's built be dismantled would be a travesty. So go do it. Put your money where your mouth is. We're all always out there on social media shouting about how people should be helping. So let's go help. All right. Today's show is with two of my very good friends, Lee Smith and frequent podcast guest Drew Mack. Uh, Drew's become a bit of a sensation these last couple of years, and that isn't an accident. He's worked his ass off for it, but he's also gotten a ton of support along the way, support that he's very aware of and very appreciative of, most notably from his friend and mentor, Lee Smith. And this episode got a little emotional for all of us, got a little emotional listening back to it. But rather than explain... I'm going to let it do the talking, and we're just going to get into it. This is why I just wouldn't tell you exactly what to do. I needed you to learn how to think so that when you passed me up, you were going to help me out on what I didn't understand, what I can't understand because I haven't been there. One of my favorite moments of recording this podcast way back was sitting in here with you, Drew, yeah. recording the first episode you were on. Uh-huh. And since then, over countless podcasts, we've given you shit, Lee. <laughs> at, at one point or another, you've been the butt of some joke in many, many, many podcasts. Agreed. So I feel like this is your retribution. Like you get to I'm come a, I'm a let loose. Yeah, just... Let everybody know we're going to bury Drew here. There's some other people who are going to get theirs throughout the podcast, I think. But, but I mean, you know, ultimately, because when I talk to Drew, you have to come up. You know, I mm, think, yeah, I don't think that conversation happens without your name coming up. And that's because of this mentorship that's, that's happened. And it's a really special mentorship. When I think back to my climbing, like the people that mentored me, I'm not still climbing with them. There was a time when it was like, oh, I outgrew them, moved on. And even though Drew's now sending lots of mid-range moderates, (laughs) (laughs) God, you guys are still climbing together. Like he still shows up at the crag while you're you know, on your 857th go on your project. 858th, but yes. Okay, sorry. And you guys are still like, you're asking him for beta, which is a totally different thing than how it started. And this whole relationship is just really interesting to me and I kind of want to know about it. First off, why on earth would you take Drew Mac under your wing? <sighs> Honestly, 
This is going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the cheesiest podcast ever. Not at all. I owe there, everything I've had some to really him, cheesy though, ones, so, so it'll be real cheesy. <laughs> Honestly, he was just this little dorky, super excited kid at the gym that had no clue what he was I'm doing. I'm talking about the beginning, not last week. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. But, That's a low blow, Chris. <laughs> you know... Uh, honestly though, like I saw so much of myself in him Mm. and I remember thinking when I was younger, like, I wish I had someone that could, you know, take me through this, you know, show me, you know, help me avoid all the pitfalls. Yeah. And, um, he was just, he was a really good kid. He was really psyched. He was respectful. I bugged him to death. Yeah. I believe that. You know, seriously, Chris? <laughs> Teresa asked me, like, you know, this was back when you didn't have unlimited text. She's like, who's Drew? And you <laughs> either need to tell him for to, some woman. Yeah. You need to either tell him to quit texting you or we're going to have to get you on an unlimited plan because he's sending us through the roof. <laughs> It was mostly just updates about my flappers and how fast were they going to grow back. So I was that, really worried. That's not a joke. He would actually, he got his first flapper one day when we went out and then I dropped him off at home and we live five minutes apart. I'm not even home yet. And he's giving me picture updates of his flapper going, is this going to be okay? <laughs> it was awesome. Was this after the infamous day at roadside? <sighs> no, nah, that was pretty, that was, I mean, we, like I started climbing when I was 11 or 12 um, and it wasn't like super consistent with Lee um, but that kind of start like our relationship started a little bit later and then very very much from then we started climbing a lot together and then the roadside accident was uh, not the accident years. the the infamous oh yeah that was super oh roadside. <laughs> day one Drew that, that was, was early one. wow yeah that was my first day ever out rock climbing um the roadside. Should I tell it? Yeah. So we're driving down. I didn't sleep the whole night before. It's my first time to the Red River Gorge climbing, actually. Um, I'd been here to the Red uh, a handful of times as a kid just to go hiking um, with my family. We're two hours away. You know, it's like famous. We're going and seeing previews and stuff. This is Lee and I's first time. I bugged him to death to bring me outside. And we went to Longwall, um, which... If you haven't been, that's the last time you went to Longwall. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been once, once more. <laughs> don't know why. Because it's an amazing crack. And I top roped the route called Boom Boom Out Go the Lights 10B yeah. by yeah, John yeah. Bernal, mm-hmm. which was in one of your raps. It was in one of my songs. Yeah. It was in one of your raps, Valor Over Discretion. Yep. Chris, which, which we I, played every we played time on the, the way the to the red. Yep. I helped raise See, this you, is, Drew. This is detailed as hell. <laughs> Annalise is freaking out right now. I love it. Um, yeah, so I mean, we I top roped that. There's photos. Matt Turner went up and took photos of my very first time ever climbing. So you've had um, paparazzi since day one. Since <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, nice. since the beginning. I There is photo evidence of me grabbing draws on top rope by any <laughs> means, just hustle. But, you know, I mean, through that, like, that was just, like, I, I knew that was, like, I was so psyched. But, when you know, that first time uh, we passed the, we were driving in, I had no idea what rock climbing was. You know, I had only climbed in the gym on plastic holds. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, I had no concept of what this was going to be like. Um, 
in in Lee, if you've been to the Red River Gorge, you know the Shell Station, um, and there's a massive road cut um, where it's been like you know dug out for the highway. Um, and Lee convinced me that that was roadside, and he was you know like on the far left. There's like a wall, and <laughs> you know roadside Rochambeau's in the middle, and you know wild gifts like a little further right, and. He oh, was like, so me. psyched. He's like, can we do these today? Can we, do that? can we go there someday? Can we go there? Can we go there? And it was, I mean, you know, it wasn't until I like showed up at Longwall, I guess. I didn't even really put it together, but you know, Longwall's a little better than the road cut. Um, but you know, like it, we, yeah, it was just so funny. I was so uh, oblivious. Yeah. Totally I was so agree. like, you know, I was like 12. I was stoked. He was stoked. Yeah. So he, it was it was Stoke from day one. He just wanted to be out here doing something. Didn't even know what it was. Didn't even care. The Stoke is just built in. Yeah. Like, that didn't come from rock climbing. He brought that here. No, that was just him. And it came out in rock climbing. But I'm sure it came out with his basketball and running and everything else he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just found all these... I should totally post these on the blog. Oh, no. I just, <laughs> I just... What is this? I just found all these raps that Drew used to send me. Oh, no. Yes. Like, way back in the day. He would show me those, He'd too. He'd send me all these Facebook message raps, mm-hmm. and, and they were all about wanting to climb... Paradise, Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yep. It was awesome. Yep. Kenny Barker it. has them, too. I sent them to him. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, rap was cool. So why you cool. like you were you were up and coming yourself. Like you're you're trying to push the grades at that point. You're you've kind of always been that person trying to, to Yeah, not push pushing yourself. grades, but trying to do better than I did yeah, last yeah, yeah, time yeah. around. Yeah, for sure. Did you not see it as like this could slow me down bringing this fucking punk little excited kid out whoa dude so <laughs> i actually had this talk with Teresa. i'm like i feel like i'm getting ready to get invested in something that is gonna s- slow me down and he's a good kid he annoys the crap out of me yeah but he doesn't have any other way to do this and i kind of feel like he would be a lifer and she's like well you got to make that call like what's going to mean more to you and there we are. Just the kind of dude you are. You were just like, all right, I'll bring the kid. He can carry my draws or something to the crag. <laughs> well, I knew one day he'd be hanging them for me. <laughs> <laughs> when was that evident? That he was going to pass me up? Yeah. Um, so, Drew, this is hard to say about someone that, you know, does 14 like it's a joke, but Drew really isn't that talented. Like he, uh, he wasn't that great in the gym. Um, sucked. Yeah. He, we talked about that. <laughs> I talked to, yeah. He, he came out, he didn't understand how to move. Like it, it took a lot. He wasn't talented. Every, everything he has now is because he put in the work for it. And he trusted me mm-hmm. on how to guide him to get him there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's always been this big thing with me and Lee because, you know, Lee's a physical therapist. He understands how the body works. He knows how to train. Like He knows. He's done the research. He's done the reading. Uh, Ava Lopez, Eric Horst. 
listen you know, to power company guys. climbing yeah. whatever you know and uh who are they who are they uh no <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so i always wanted him to just like tell me how to do it like, tell yeah. me how to be a better client tell me what to do and and he never did he always told me like what he was doing and what was what we would talk it through of like what what do you need to be better at like what mm. goals do you have what and then like how how does that make sense to get there and and the, you know uh and now i've i've started like working with some people and some kids and is and i try to keep that same model and i explain it to them in the sense of like the old the old adage of like you know if you whatever it is the the fish thing about you know if you catch somebody's fish for them they eat for one day if you teach them how to fish they eat forever and man, you know I, i've said that a million times but lee lee like was a like the full example over that of like eight eight years ten years um of like i begged him to just be my coach i didn't have a coach i had, but i had like a mentor and like a best friend and a father mm-hmm. you know and that that was like as much as he taught me about climbing he taught me about like life it's crazy you know lee was that was there like a conscious effort was there thought behind i need to teach this kid things other than how to climb hard absolutely so what what all were you thinking about back then as far as you know there were no like jim de initiatives there wasn't the you know, these are the outdoor ethics that we live by on a poster in the gym, you know. What were the things that you thought were really important for Drew to know? Honestly, uh, when when I first met him, and I, like I said before, like I just, I felt like I was meeting myself as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to give him a way you know like i give him a way not give him away that's right yeah no i didn't <laughs> want to give him away but like i kind of felt like drew wasn't going to have the opportunity to come <clears throat> down here to be a good climber right um i mean he you know put he was me in this environment he put me here he brought me here he like allowed me to to have these experiences it wasn't necessarily like he i, I don't think that he necessarily said like I'm gonna teach Drew this on you this trip. You have to do this. He just he <clears throat> just put me in this this world that like I wanted to be a part of, but I also didn't know what was. Were and you watching that, the way that Lee moved through it and the way that Lee interacted? No, I just with... wanted to rock climb. <laughs> <laughs> you were just out no, there no, no, no. I mean, I think I think uh, like subconsciously, I'm sure there's so many things that we've never talked about that I I know yeah. I'm similar to you in different ways or different like things that I've picked up over the years or you know uh, things that I don't necessarily remember like you teaching me, but just watching you do or us talking. I mean, simple things like you know, different little tactics or different right. like cleaning tactics or yeah. like things just make your life a little easier while you're at the crag or, you know, I mean, things about how to interact with people and like, I mean, just like ev- literally everything mm-hmm. was, was like seen through him. Yeah. Yeah. Were you aware that the things you were doing were going to be picked up by Drew? I mean, you yeah. weren't a parent at the time, so it wasn't, you know, no, because the they had to be shown a number of times. Yeah. Like he was, he was young, <clears throat> you know, 11 yeah. or 12. Yeah. Really young. How old were you at the time? Uh, I'm 20 years older than you. 
So what, 31, 32? Um, And, you know, he was was struggling with stuff like you do when you're 11 or 12. And, um, you know, when you see someone and you kind of feel like they're right on the line and you want to make sure that they end up on the, the good side of it. Right. Yeah. Well, he and I struck up some deals and mm. yeah yeah and, man i mean i ha- like i i struck i struggled with my own things as a young kid sure my own like demons and sadness and just dealing with like how to figure like i don't think people you, as adults you're just like kids have it so good but if you put yourself back in your situation as a kid oh i would never like, go back yeah no no dude no i mean way. it's like hardcore figuring it <clears throat> figuring it all out mm-hmm. and you know i hated school i hated it um and i never wanted <clears throat> to be there ever at all and i didn't like i would just get by or you know i would want to skip or whatever i would i had a hard time and lee would make make you know we'll take you out climbing if you get if you get your math grade up or like mm. you know simple Little things of like, you know, what, I mean, I don't even remember, but like, I remember stuff like that for sure, which was just helped directed me, you know, crazy. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. It's what's the craziest is that Lee allowed you to ever start listening to Migos. That's bro, the craziest. Wait, amigos, What's crazier, or? bro, is that you don't even know. Uh, Drop top. <clears throat> <laughs> crock pot crock pot <laughs> please tell me that they Cook they the rhyme drop the top pot. and crock pot no raindrop drop top cooking them cracking the crock pot okay that and bougie oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry drew sorry <clears throat> we're a different generation that's all right man I mean, I got I got a couple DMs about that on my side, so I'm straight. <laughs> so, did you have a relationship with Drew's parents at all in this time? Um, yeah, they had to get to know me. They had to get to trust me. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how much do you want to go into that roadside part? Um, not not like the whole thing, but I mean, every, yeah, everything's on the table. That's fine. That's, I mean, that's part of the, that's part of the process is like good times and bad times. We can't just sit here and talk about like how amazing our relationship has been without talking about the times that sucked. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I met with his parents and, you know, we're roughly the same age, you know? Yeah. Um, and they thought I was responsible enough and I'm like, Hey, I've been doing this a while. When he's out there with me, he will be safe. Like mm. that's that's gonna happen because that's my thing. Yep. Um, so they they were they were really good with it, and then um, they knew I was gonna do it. Like they they loved that I had something to do, and they just knew how passionate I was about it too. And they like were pretty. They they didn't they didn't like pay for my gym sponsor like my gym membership or anything like that. But they were just like like go do it. Like, you yeah. Do it. Yep. Do it. But go ahead. Yeah, you want to talk them through that roadside yeah. day? So, yeah, you alluded to it a little earlier. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so this was hard, man, like, you know, and this is something, this is a story I tell all the time now that I'm in the position I'm in because I think people need to know about it. Um, you know, I started climbing 
uh, I was climbing better and better, and and this this checked me because I did like I did 12a in a day for the first time that day, and I was like proud. I did way up yonder on my second mm. try, like feeling like a G. And we walked over. I wanted to climb on Return of Krishnaider, really classic route. It's got this this like easy slab crack to start. You know, a high first bolt, and it's normally sandy and a little <clears> bit wet. And yep. I remember us going over there. My dad was out there with me, and Lee was on belay. My dad was just watching. It was like the second time ever outside, just watching me climb. And um, and Lee said, I was all ready to go. You know when you're all ready to go, and then you're like, oh, maybe we should stick clip. And and we kind of looked at each other, and I, and I was like, I, like how hard is it? He was like, it's really easy, but if you don't feel comfortable, we'll just go grab a stick clip. I remember that like being like, yeah, there was kind of this option, right? Well, the way the way that I remember it was, I remember it a little different. I remember being like, okay, this this start is committing. I think you should stick clip, but my stick clip was back at channel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll go get it. Yeah, I don't mind. Um. But he's like, no, I think I'm fine. I said, okay, well, then here's the deal. Um, every single move you do has to be three points on, static, well within your ability. You cannot yeah. jump to anything. And I just sat, I remember starting my way up and I sat down on a ledge, brushed my feet off. I brushed the sand off my shoes. Yep. And I started up. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up from being unconscious for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and had a rock uh, that was like I was lying on my back, and I had no clue. I was so like lost. I had a back uh, a rock that was just kind of like that I was laying on, and I remember that being the most uncomfortable thing. And I was squirming. I just wanted the rock. I wanted to lie flat. Mm-hmm. And they finally kind of like you know, I don't even remember the faces above me. Like I don't remember anything. I remember asking Lee if I sent. <laughs> no he did not <laughs> no but i never waited the rope so it's true it's true you hmm. still get the on-site later so i did i did about three <clears throat> cartwheels over two cartwheels i i re, let me, i want to say down. this part because this this yeah, was the scariest thing i've experienced was so he committed to the big move and it's he, like a stand-up move kind of thing and he yeah. he jumped and mm. he missed and so everything was going to be okay, though. I, I was going to spot him, and I ran right to where it'd be, and then the ledge he was sitting on, he hit and bounced the other way. Fuck. And when I say he landed with his neck sideways, it was, it was grotesque looking. And I was, I was in spinal cord injury research at the time. I saw that, and I knew instantly what the rest of his life was going to be like. So what he was talking about on that rock was while he was out, you know, I had to, you know, stabilize his neck to make sure it didn't move so we didn't cause any more other kind of damage. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was making involuntary sounds because he was, he was out. Right, um, right. And so his dad looks at me with just pure fear. I can't imagine what he's feeling. I think he, sure. you know, just thought his son died. <clears throat> and I said... <laughs> We're okay. Um, Jeff has a phone. He was around the corner. Go call them and have him call 911. Someone's going to be up here in 20 minutes. 
And um, they put me on this uh, stretcher with a wheel on the bottom, mm-hmm. so that they could get me out of there. And it's like from from there, it's like a bunch of you know, it's not an easy walk out. Right. Carrying you know a human being, and um, and I don't really remember any of it. I remember you know bits and pieces. They rushed me to the hospital, and I didn't have a scrape on my body. I had a concussion, and I didn't have a scrape on my body. I mean, just, um, I mean, that's a miracle. Like, if you if you wouldn't believe it if you would have seen it. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Unreal, man. <clears throat> Use a stick lip. Use a stick Use lip. Use a stick Jesus lip. Christ. I'm all for it. Stick number two if you can. Heck yeah. I ain't mad about it. That's right. Uh, what's crazy is this, so that, uh, like, I went back a year after that, and, um, and I haven't really told this story to many people. I know you have. Um, but I wanted to go do that route. Mm-hmm. I stick clip the first bolt. And, <clears throat> and this is like literally 5'2". Like this isn't something that people really think about falling on. It's really easy, but you can slip. I've seen several people slip up there. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, and uh, one other per- one person broke his back on it. Right yeah. after you. No, yeah. or, well, earlier. Before oh, right too. before you? Yep. Um, it wasn't long ago. Ed Mank broke his back. Oh, did he really? Same I thing. didn't know that. Same yeah. thing. And then somebody broke their ankle on it, I think. Anyway, uh, I went and stick-clipped it. We took a photo of the rope up, which I thought was funny. Um, my buddy Nathan Presley um, and I were out there. And uh, um, and I slipped again on top rope. Mm. And I had the craziest deja vu because I didn't know what had happened when I, when I fell. Like at all. And then I literally remember feeling the grossest pit in my stomach. And I had to, like, come to the ground and chill out. Wow. Um, yeah, it was so weird. The weirdest. I might have cried. Like, really, honestly, it was, like, this moment that had happened that I didn't really experience. And then right. I had a similar experience that put me in that. It triggered that same. And I was just, like, immediately incredibly emotional. Like, oh, my God. That's what happened. Yeah. You know, that whole experience was a huge learning moment for me too. And I learned that it doesn't matter how psyched or confident they are. Yep. 11 and 12 year olds cannot make some decisions. Yep. Like yeah, that, that was my decision that I gave away to him. Mm. You can't do that with an 11 and 12 year old. I was a little older, but yeah. Yeah. But which that takes us into like the parents part. Yeah. So kind of relating that back. How did that affect the relationship with the parents? So it was... I hate this part. (laughs) So I got really shook up over that. Yeah, of course. And being in the job I was in, there has been other situations that were almost identical to this that I saw where the, the person that did end up with a spinal cord injury was able to sue the person they were with and mm. they took their house and everything else to, to cover the medical expenses, you know? Sure. Um, so, you know, this was a big topic with me and my wife. She's like, you know, Lee, you're, you're my partner. I have to trust you and you're out there doing things that I can't have any control over. So you, you've got to, you've got to fix this. You've either got to quit this relationship or you have got to find a way to fix it. And, um, so I told Drew this, you know, and he was like, well, I don't want this to end. I'm like, well, then. Tell me we weren't going to climb together anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I've lost my sh- like, dude. This man had every, every everything to me. Yeah. I like I, I, I cried so much. Mm-hmm. Like losing every like I felt like I was losing everything that I needed. Yeah, and that that was that was really hard on me because Drew was Drew wasn't just this kid. You right. know. Right. Drew and I have tried I mean we had spent four years together at that point, I think. That was like into the you know, in into it. Yeah. Drew and I have on our thousands of car rides down, two hours, you have a lot to talk about. We have tried to define what the heck we are. Mm-hmm. You know. Be, and, and nothing fits. Like friend, no. Best friend, no. Father, no. Brother, no. Mentor, no. Like no, nothing fits. And it's just, you know, it's just what we are and it's it's just what we do, you know? Yeah. So how did things shake out in the end? You decided to continue. Yeah, so... um I think it was, it might've been you guys. Maybe it was me that came up with it, but I'm like, Hey, we just need, um, some type of sheet of paper from a lawyer saying, listen, if I get hurt, Leah's in no way responsible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which was even hard on me. Like as much as I wanted to climb with him, he told me that like he, me and my mom were going to go over to your place. And, um, and I was like, why? He was like, well, Gotta have your mom sign something. And I was just like, we don't need that. Like, my parents aren't gonna sue you. My parents right. aren't gonna, like, my right. parents love me, but they're not gonna, you know, and I was like upset that he wouldn't trust me or something and, weird, right. you know? Sure, sure, sure. I was like, we don't, like, whatever, dude. Like, we're and, straight. And I believe that in his parents, yeah, but absolutely. it's a very different thing Yeah, being good to me now versus if their son yeah. is gonna be on a ventilator. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Or, Everything's or, out the window. You worry about your child. Yeah, if there are, Three hundred thousand dollars worth of bills Easy. piling up, it becomes a little bit You're different conversation. Right. And, you, and that you, does, that's not saying your parents would be bad people for doing that. It's just saying no way they're 100%. protecting their child. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's like you look at the Tito situation, and yeah, you know, it's absolutely devastating. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know your mom. I can't believe I haven't met your mom. Yo, but my mom is like the nicest person in the she's world. She's emailed me multiple times. Wow, she's and amazing. I and I love it. She's always so thankful when when I'm helping promote you or yeah. having these conversations yeah. or whatever. So he has good parents. Like they could have shut all this down in an instant. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing. Like he <clears throat> he Drew's where he's at now because they allowed it. What's interesting because in a lot of parts of society, they would have shut it down way before the accident i mean this 20 year this 31 year old man is trying to take my 12 year old kid two hours away (laughs) hell no yeah you know i get it but very quickly uh, it was beyond there you know i think even the accident happened uh like i was coming down here every single weekend and you know if i had a break like i would get a ride with you on one weekend and I'd stay the whole week, especially in the summer. And then I would yep. <clears throat> get a ride with you home the next weekend, you know, or, or, or my buddy Jesse or whatever. And, you know, when I was 15 or 16, I was spending weeks down here by myself. Yep. Eating fruit snacks and chocolate pudding. 
know. <laughs> That's what you lived on back in the day. Alien and those pink, ghosts. what were those pink ball things you <laughs> no, That was just for a photo with Ellie. Yeah, that was Come nasty. On. Pink ball things, snowballs. Yeah, yeah, I think those things with the coconut. I mean, I'm a zingers kind of guy. Oh yeah, I feel you. Um, right? Yeah. You know, or yeah, all those. I've had to stop with the hostesses, <laughs> uh, the Twinkies. She gets sponsored. She get a hostess sponsor. Shout out, little Debbie. <laughs> Hit me up. Bye bye, fifteen A. Yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny may not have to eat a crock after all. (laughs) (laughs) He's been bugging me about that. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, you know, I asked this and we never really got to it, but when did you know or when did Drew, like... I can answer a little bit of this. Pass by. I think, so there was a major point where, like... I just wanted to be better and I wanted to do harder and I wanted to be the best. And Lee at certain points in my climbing was just like, dude, you're struggling on this route right now, but you're going to warm up on this in a year. Mm. Hey, can we tell that story? The solarium story? Sure. Yeah. I hate that story. No, this is a good story though. Cause this is what I'm talking about. This wasn't about making drew someone that can climb 14. You know, th- this was about raising a kid to be a good person, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it through the vehicle of climbing. Very different. So, yeah, start that story. Oh, man. Come on. So I was out with uh, the owner of Rocksport, Rob Butch. Yeah. Um, we were out at Solarium, and I don't think I had ever done 12B. I was trying Magnum Opus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, I was 14. Um, and... Or so I don't remember, and and there was there's a woman at the crag who we all knew, um, and um, and I remember trying Magnum Opus and getting really close, and knowing I could do it, and there was one move in the bottom boulder problem, and um, I slipped or something happened, and I grabbed the draw, and it was one of those things where I like immediately grabbed the draw and pulled back on, like I just bump my hand off the draw right. back onto the hold and I was back on the wall. Right. And maybe, you know, I just was like, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep climbing. And so I just kept climbing and I did the route, but I didn't do the route, right. you know? Right. Because I, I, I had, you know, I hadn't hung on the draw or hung on the rope or anything like that, but I used the quick draw. Sure. And, um, and you know, I sat there and I debated it and nobody saw it and, Everybody was congratulating me, and so I didn't tell anybody, and mm. I I'd regretted that. And the woman who was there, I don't want to say her name, she called it out. On Un- Ray's site, right? Fortunately, publicly, which I wasn't very happy. Mm. Like, there could have been a maybe better way. but So then my phone's ringing off the hook. So I called Lee crying, like absolutely crying. And I don't call Lee. Like, I've called Lee three or four times, and... We don't just chat. Like Instead, we text. you just blow up the texts. Uh, yeah, that. But that's how he prefers it. I like talking <laughs> on the phone. But he'll, I'll be like, "Yo, what's up?" And he'll be like, "Text me." Like, I don't want to talk. <laughs> that's just him. But uh, I call him like crying. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't like. I. This is the story. I feel. I feel awful about it. Like I realize I did something wrong. Um, this story's s- never been public, by the way. 
Um, you remember what you told me? You said, fix it. Did I? Yeah, you said, <laughs> fix this. I remember writing something for Ray's site, for redriverclimbing.com. I, I wrote something uh, like publicly apologizing for um, for something that I had um, th- that I had done and that I had uh, that I had uh, that I had lied about and um, and never wanted that to be something that like identified identified me. Okay. Yeah, that's a weird t- when he called and he said fix it. Well, I said okay. Well, then we are going to literally fix it, and you're going to take responsibility. Yep. For what you did, you're going to say it's never going to happen again, and it is never going to happen again. Yep. And I'm like, uh, I was really, really proud of you that you took that advice because you could have told me what to do, and said no, I I did send it. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I knew, and you know, this, like, I don't know. I just wrote it and I put it online and Mm -hmm. I don't even think I sent it to you or anything. I asked you afterwards, like, is this okay? And, um, and people were like, people responded well. They appreciated that I was honest. Um, they knew I was going to do more than that too. They knew that was just like, whatever. Right. How quickly you know. after that did you go back? Or yes. have you? You have to get that shit off your A day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I went back immediately yeah. and I did it yeah. proper style. Mm-hmm. 100%, you know, and that was something, you know, that was something that like even during that conversation while I was crying, you know, I was like this is my hardest route or whatever, you know. And he was like this is nothing. You yeah. know. That was like a big you know, he's told me that for a long time, but at that, there were points where I was like, oh, I get it. Like, if I keep doing this, like, I'm going to keep getting better. Yeah. And these things that I'm making a big deal about now, they're not going to be nothing in a little bit, which is, you know, it's really, that's something we just talked about is just having that, having that support, having that person in your life uh, or your friends being able to tell you like, like you're going to, you can, you're capable of that or you're capable of more. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't understand at the, at the time what we were doing. Like all he ever wanted was he wanted to climb 12 B. And I said, you, you don't understand what we're doing here, man. I'm like, everything was, everything was the next step for me, man. Ever for the whole time, every, everything growing up was just like, all right, I did like each grade. And then I wanted to do this route or that route. Like I was so exact with it. Like nothing mattered. Like I didn't think about climbing 513. Uh, at least I don't remember. I was very focused on like what's next. Like what am I going to do next? Now what am I going to do in a year or two years? What am I doing next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lee had this big picture kind of idea, which, which is like something I'm I'm is crazy because I'm 24 now and I'm I'm really realizing how important big picture is and and in this avenue of like don't set don't sweat the small stuff and when you have a big picture and when you see things further out the small stuff's easy yeah you know that that was trying to get him to buy into what we were doing and like stay the course kind of thing yeah like just relax like and i told you for this from the beginning i'm like you know it's and i use this 12 that just 12b was part of the example was like man, you're so psyched and you want to do this so bad that, you know, you're willing to lie for it. I'm like, I guarantee when we're done doing everything we're going to do with you, 12B is not going to be enough to get you even warmed up. 
Mm-hmm. And he just didn't believe it, you know. But I said, you know, you, you take you take the long view and you love it, you keep loving it. Don't just do it to get better. If you actually love it, I'm like, you're you're gonna run this place. And here we are. Yeah. And that kinda happened like the when I got out of high school. Like that was I you know, in terms of like <clears throat> when did things actually change? Uh and I became like Oh, not just somebody being coached by Lee, but like I was my my own climber. I think that was when I got out of high school. I decided to go climbing. I wasn't going to go to school, and I moved to the red for six months. You were in like super dirtbag mode. Dirtbag mode, man. I lived at the undertow. Yeah. Lived at the undertow. People asked me the other day, like, how is my endurance so good? And I made the joke <laughs> of, I told you this, right? I made the joke of like I literally went through puberty at the mother load, like that's why my endurance is so good, and you know so like I, you know I was eighteen or seventeen at the time, and I just lived at the undertow. I lived at Miguel's, and and that was when like my climbing blew up, and then that went. I got really I, my hardest red point at the time was thirteen A when I got out of high school, and that summer I did thirteen C with the madness, and I and I fell off the anchor, going to the anchors of Omaha. I almost did 13A to 14A within like six months. Yeah. And um, and then I came home and I was like, I need to, I'm a good endurance climber, but how do I become better? And that was the first time me and Lee like trained and I learned how to actually train then. Everything else was just going rock climbing. Well, I've seen a lot of people like get to that point where they're passing up their mentor or the person who, mm-hmm. you know, helped them get to where they are. And the automatic thought is that person can't help me anymore. So what, what made it okay to go back to Lee and say, Hey, I've, I'm climbing way harder than you right now, but help me get to the next Cause he level. knows me better than anybody in the world. Hmm. He knows a lot of time. He knows me better than I know me. Yeah. <laughs> when I can't think clearly when my emotions are too much or I, you know, I don't know what, whatever, like he knows me just as well as I do and especially with my climbing you know so he knows what I need he knows where I lack he knows my strengths he knows my you know my weaknesses and then we've worked so long together at like always being better that it's always easy to keep getting better together yeah and it's also just like he listens and I listen to him it's not just like he tells me what to do or I ask him. Like, we talk about it. It's not just he knows what I need to do. We have a conversation as two equals now. Um, whereas, like, as a kid, he just taught me basics and things I needed to know. And now, now we come at it as, like, what do we need to do to be better? And we, right. it's a partnership, you know? It's equals, and then we just work it out, you know? We work out like, this is what I'm thinking. And he tells me what he's thinking. And sometimes those are the same. And sometimes they're totally different. Mm-hmm. And then we figure out, all right, I have this goal. What are we going to do? What are we going to do for my goal? And then what are we going to do for your goal? Like, it's not, it's not like <clears throat> my goal and your and, goal. Yeah, yeah like they have, goal. they're weighted the same. That's the deal. It's like, absolutely crazy. He and I, he and I have had two goals and in we miss unless we both do it and his his is to clip chains on 15a which is gonna happen that's gonna happen 
And then mine has been to do exactly what you did. And I want to clip chains on a 14A. Mm-hmm. And unlike you, I am done <laughs> once I do it. <laughs> I'll believe that when it happens. <laughs> right um, on. We'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not so sure you're done, but we'll we'll see. Um, It'll just be like climbing Joss, <clears throat> dude. Yes, I <laughs> love Joss. That's all left. I yeah. love Joss. I Jimmy, love it Jimmy's when really excited for Lee to climb Joss. I love it when Lee doesn't have a big project. No, I'm sorry. I oh, hate it yeah. when Lee doesn't have a big project because <laughs> we go to the worst cracks because he just wants to catch up to Blake. Yeah, just wants it's to impossible to catch Blake. But, dude, <clears throat> I mean, we climb the worst things. Yeah. We have awful stories. Oh, do you remember Manzanita? I mean, we joke about it all the time, but we went out to and the- And it's o- one of our best, though. The Oasis. There's this there's this 12B there called Manzanita. And Lee went up it, and I wasn't climbing that hard or whatever, but there's a massive choss block. Like, refrigerator-sized. Huge, like... Awful. You, like, it's, it's too big to put an X on. <laughs> and I'm, like, climbing up, and I'm like, you know, what's the hold I'm not supposed to pull on? And he's like, that one. <laughs> yeah, just don't go to that one. And he jumps to it. Like, oh my God, this is going to be a long mentorship. So, you know. <laughs> or a really short one. Depending. Yeah, <laughs> that's but that, that that's the part I, I like so much. Like, because I don't understand how to define this either. But it, the part that um, neither of us have hit our goal unless the other one did. Like yeah. it, it was incomplete. You know? I think that's really, really cool. It's really interesting. And I think it's tough, you know, you as a mentor, not to fall into the trap of giving too much of yourself and not chasing your own goals anymore in order to help Drew succeed. And then you, Drew, not getting caught up in your own gigantic, still growing ego. And <laughs> thanks, buddy. And forgetting about helping Lee yeah, that's reach his we've goals. We've talked about quite a bit, and and I'm like doing a lot more trips right now, and and I sometimes there have been multiple trips I've gone on in the last year where I feel guilty because I'm being too selfish. I'm going on a trip to Spain, and he doesn't have a partner for March and April, right? You know, and that's <clears throat> hard for me. Um, and we talk about it. We just, got Jimmy now. We just <laughs> Jimmy Hockter, aka Little Rich. One Hang Hockter. <laughs> One Hang Hockter. Uh, you know, and that's something we just talk about. You know, this winter I'm going to Bishop and Waco. Um, and we talked about that, and that was something where I'm just like, you know, I always, I always like apologize, uh, and know that I'm always like I want to always be there for him, but I've also got to like. At this point in my climbing, in my career, I have to chase what I'm doing, too. Yeah. And so we just have to find our balance with that. You know, there's going to be times where I make sacrifices, and there's times that he makes sacrifices. There's times that, like, you know, we put ourselves to the side for the other person. And it's happened on numerous occasions, and it'll always, it'll just always be like that, you know? And that's something I've never found with anybody um, and I can only hope that like I have more relationships. Like I won't ever have relationships like that. But like I base friendships that I like. Lee's giving me such a high standard of like what to expect yeah, of people. No doubt. But you know, I don't. You know, it's uh, it's hard work. 
you know, we have to try and we have to communicate it's or a we get frustrated yeah, and it happens, you know, we've had times where we're just like, whatever, fresh, like I'm freezing cold and I don't want to be at the crack. Yeah. But that's and, what I climb best. <laughs> and that's like, he, you know, he, he wants to be, and I'm not like, you know, I need to be in training mode. I've had this, we have this situation in the winter often because I want to be in the gym bouldering and getting stronger mm -hmm. and he needs to be spending time on his route learning it and getting better at the the, the climbing because he has a lot less time outside than i do mm -hmm. right and <clears throat> um and a lot of times he'll be like you know is this a is this a you're psyched kind of day or is this like a is this a it's what we do kind of day right uh which he mentioned that earlier it's what we do it's kind of a motto that we've always had. And it's kind of like, it doesn't even have to be like when it's be above and beyond, but it's just like, you know, if somebody asks, you know, if there's a question, if I ask something of you, it's the, the response is almost always. Yes. Like that's just what we do. Even if you you're know? not psyched on it, it's like, yep. you know, when your spouse asks you to do something, you're going to do it. Yeah. And Drew and I have that same, I don't know if it's respect or love or, what it is but we have that for each other this is what we do yeah it's what we do yeah yeah that's really cool was there any like drew when you were passingly by like this fucking comet and i want to know when know. that was too when, when was, a, in your I head when was that i just while we were talking about that i had an idea of that actually and that was the fall that i got out of high school i did no redemption i knew it that was mine and too a couple of tries mm. It, that's the that's the point in a couple of tries in something way outside his style right and it was totally my style yeah. right i mean i had stomped through the madness cave all summer <clears throat> yeah i remember when you did no redemption actually yeah. i think i mentioned it on a podcast um before that that's something i admired about that season for you yeah. was that you went from being this cave dweller and you and i had a conversation actually that season because you were a little upset that people were were calling like defining you as yeah. a cave dweller i just wanted to be well round like i wanted to be i wanted to be a good climber everywhere yeah but then yeah. you went and crushed no redemption and i yeah. was like well he's not a cave dweller anymore yeah. like that's no, as far as you can a, get from being a cave dweller yeah he's just a good climber yeah yeah so that was the moment for both of you when you felt like uh, that's that's rad because we've never we've never talked about that and that's the exact yep. moment because I was hanging on Sugar Magnolia. He yeah. was there watching, yeah. and um, you know, unlike me, I can get through the crux and still fall on a V two up top. Right. Um, Drew got through the crux and I knew it was over. Mm. Yeah, like because you know, even, <laughs> yeah, even then, yeah, twelve seats nothing for him. Right. You know the 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 that's what I always thought the second half of the yeah, redemption sure. was, and. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, I'm sitting here watching him pass me up right Blow now. right by. Yeah. Was there any, animosity is not the right word at all, but was there any trepidation, Drew? Were you like, I'm about to pass Lee up and that feels funny? No. No? It was just like what he want, like he always wanted me mm. to be better he always pushed me to be better yeah I, so there was never cool. any doubt in my mind that like <clears throat> even if i did the routes that he was trying or whatever like first of all i never thought i didn't think i would you know i yeah. didn't think i was gonna go do those routes but then it just kind of kept it just kept coming and um 
And but he always just worked on, you know, I would tell him what I wanted to do and he would, <clears throat> he would push me to get there. Well, I think that never... that answer tells me a lot about you, Lee, as as a mentor figure because I feel like one of my failings maybe with some of the people that I've mentored and brought up was that when they were in position to pass by me, they were hesitant. And, and I wasn't, I was like, you should be working on this with me. You should be giving me beta. I wish you, you would just hang my fucking draws. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the position I was in. Like move past and just keep, keep going. But there was hesitation there. And the fact that Drew's immediate answer was, that's just what he wanted for me. That says so much about the job that you did in Thanks, Chris. making sure that Drew was on the right path. Well, that was that was the plan from day <clears throat> one. I would have considered it a failure on my part, you know? Yeah. Like, yep. I feel if someone would have been coaching me from age 11, you know, my climbing would look a little different. You know, I wouldn't need 900 tries to send something. Um, but I, I told Drew that from day one. I'm just like, you just relax. Don't worry about how you're climbing. We're going to get you all the way to the top. And it'll happen if you just you've got to love it and you just got to listen yeah i mean he also taught me like i saw firsthand how hard he had to work and how smart he was not just you know not just working really really hard and diligently but like being educated about what you're doing and why you're doing it and uh so like you know i always saw what it took to keep getting better and Mm -hmm. like i knew i could I knew I could do those things. Like I knew I could learn the tools to be smart and I knew I could put the work in. And so we both, I think, knew. And like, he would put the work in. Like his work ethic was, it was too much. Like he would be at my door all the time and I'd be like, you're four days on, <laughs> yeah. go back home. Yeah. You cannot be here right now. My wife said you have to leave. <laughs> yeah. I was at the gym. <clears throat> I was at Rocksport all the time. Yeah, it was like, you know, after school daycare. <laughs> Yeah. Question for you, Lee. You know, throughout this whole journey, there have been several other people who took a really deep interest in helping Drew out. Yes. You know, I've done a tiny bit. Connie has helped out. You know, there have been people who have stepped in there. Wayne Simon, Tyler Wilcox. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Neal, Kip Trummel, my mom and dad. Yeah. Tons uh, of people. And you know, it's, John Peterson. It's Legion. Like, this was a village. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew and I are associated together because our faces are always together. But right. I, I don't get 100% credit for Drew. Like, that's that would be disingenuous. You know, it literally the community raised him mm-hmm. and the community made him. And I think that's. That's why he gives so much back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see that here. You know, you, you just answered my question without me even really asking it. Um, but, but what you just said, that the community raised him here, you see that in the pride that this community has. When, when you send something, it's everybody fucking celebrating. Yeah. You know? That's the coolest thing to me about watching you progress the way you have 
is seeing the genuine love and support that you get from everybody else around here. <laughs> That's so fucking cool to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's... And it, it comes because you're that genuine type of person. And I don't think it's a small part of yours. I think that you've done a lot to Lee to instill that because it could have gone another way. It could have. And and that's where I want to take you back to that time where I saw this 11 year old in the gym that was struggling, you know, as I noticed, I saw the potential that was there as the person, like it was always about creating the person and the vehicle we were going to use to do it was climbing. Yeah, I mean, it's so surreal. And I, you know, I think people who are living down here, like Dario, you know, and I grew up with Mark Ventura. And I remember Dario telling me when I, things started kind of progressing, he was like, get a big head. <laughs> you're doing the wrong things. Yeah. You're going to know. He was going to let you know. He was going to let me know. Yeah. He I think a lot of people would have. And um, and there were people who kept me in check, the people who corrected things, told me when I was extra, <laughs> too much, and told me how to, you know, be excited but also be real and be calm and chill and every you know every I mean my my community here is unreal. You know I I have this story I wrote about it on my Instagram that there's a group of young women, uh, Anna Hayes and Sarah Bringos. And, yeah, yeah. Um, they all, I just wore baggy basketball shorts. Yeah. I had high top <laughs> basketball shoes on. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I, you know, I never showed my kneecaps was always the joke because my, my shorts were too long. And they all pitched in and bought me mojo shorts. And I looked like a climber for once, yeah. you know. I looked like part of the community mm-hmm. and they just wanted me to feel like a part of things. And that's like, they rat like they rallied, you know, it wasn't much for them yeah. to like sp- spend a little bit of money on me, but they didn't like, it was for no reason. You know, yeah. it wasn't a birthday at Christmas. They just wanted to do something for me. Yep. And I like, I, I will always remember those things. And I, I think that w- I try to really is something you know, Lee's taught me and my parents have taught me is trying to be grateful for the things that are around me and, and remembering those things and talking about them. And, and, you know, you, Chris, like taking me to see Nas, you know how many times I've told that story? Yeah. And it's only out of like this love, this very genuine love that I have for these people around me who have given me so much. And it's crazy to me because, you know, each li- each accomplishment I have keeps like the love for it just keeps growing and people are so proud. Um, I, you know, that hit a, that hit a breaking point just at Rocktoberfest. I think we talked about this, yeah. you know, I yeah. did my first poster signing. Yeah. And Petzl. I tried to make as big a deal out of it as possible. Thank you. On the mic. <laughs> Petzl, you know, decided it was like, you know, that, that I was, you know, that it was time, I guess. I don't know how to explain that. That it was like that I was valuable enough that I was at that level. Yeah. And they made posters of a route I did last last year or whatever. And I remember a couple of people coming up and um, that I've known since I was 11 or 12. And I like was just, you know, I was fighting to back tears. Yeah. You know? 
totally. Because I, you know, it's just like these people have seen me for so long, and then I kept being like, "Wow, this is crazy." And Adam Peters was like, "It's not crazy. Like you deserve this." And I was like, "Well, surreal is a better word," because I never thought this would like, you know, I never thought this would happen, and those people ne- would never thought that like w- this would happen. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know, and able to like give love back. It's insane. It's cool. It's literally insane. And it's cool that you do. And like I said, I don't think that's. It's definitely not just you're not. You didn't play a small part in that, you know. Even though mm-hmm. you very <clears throat> humbly say it, it was a village. You've put a lot of time into being, you know, a, a leader in that village. So, you know, it's definitely kudos to you. And as far as I'm concerned, you get half of Drew's 8A points. So, so does that mean I can quit projecting? Well, I just that help you with redrivercliming.com <laughs> points. So you still Sick. got a lot of chaos to climb. And... <laughs> See you later, Blake. <laughs> um, last couple things I want to talk about before we wrap this thing up. And so I can stop being teary-eyed here. Um, it looks like, they're watching you two at the crag, it looks like, not that roles have reversed, but it's this interesting situation where Drew can just hike your project now. Hike. Yeah. Yes. So you come down and you're immediately over to Drew. What do I need to do? What What was wrong there? Yeah, what, what did you see that, in that He doesn't section? even come to me. I watch and I walk up, you know? I mean, uh, we knew immediately you moved your right foot up today to grab the, yep. the crimp in the black rock. Yep. And, uh, you know, I immediately, like, we talked about a foot that he should try. And we, we like, he can't, he, like, I walk, I saw him do it. He took, and we looked at each other, and we already, like. Yep. It worked. Yep. That was what the look said. Great. Cool. Yeah. We just, we're on the same, like, we, we're always just talking about it. So we always feel comfortable talking about it too. Like a lot of people don't feel comfortable like talking, like I want to talk through what I just did. You know, yeah. I got off my route today and I was like, this is the little things that I did, you know? Yep, and yep. it lets me like remember it and mm-hmm. like visualize it and it totally. helps him like know, you know, how to be better in this vice versa too. And this is, this is why I just wouldn't tell you exactly what to do. I needed you yeah. to learn how to think. So that when you passed me up, you were going to help me out on what I didn't understand, yeah. what I can't understand because I haven't been there. Yeah. You know? And I think at this point in my climbing, I've been able to travel a lot more in the last two years. Yeah. And that's something <clears throat> that we just talked about the other day has been absolutely massive in, in, in um, evolving like my, uh, my skill set as a climber mm-hmm. and my knowledge as a climber. And I feel like a really good rock climber at this point in my climbing. Uh, a lot of from traveling and seeing other places and other climbers and everything. And I think that's allowed me to like really be there for, for Lee uh, in, in his like efforts at harder and harder routes. Yeah. And you know, I think maybe that's why you two have such a hard time like defining what this relationship is because even though it's been this, you know, 13 years or whatever, 12 years running, it's changed pretty quickly and pretty fast from the initial almost parental That's so interesting. sort of thing 
to, you know, it's run through mentor, through friend, through peer, to equals. I think it's all of them. You You know, know? he wears, like, Lee wears all the hats. Yeah. From my life. Yeah. You know, he's a father figure when there were things that I didn't want to talk about with my dad. Sure. I love my dad to the end of the world, but there's a lot of things in this life that you don't like want to talk any to other dad, human, yeah. your pastor dad about. Yeah. Uh, Mikey was, would approve of all my advice, by the way, just to let you know. What's that? <laughs> Mikey would approve of all my advice. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was always, always like, uh, he's always been there for all parts of it. Yeah. Whether it was like, I need a coach right now. And he knows what, he knows what hat to have. Yeah. Like, I just need a friend. Or I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to tell me, like, to... I need you to tell me this truth. Like, I need you to not beat around the bush. And I don't need you to be my buddy right now. I need you to set me straight. Like, he knows... He knows... Is that the one that happens most often right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's how it seems. Right now, we're just a full-blown support system for each other. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the m- most massive thing in our in our relationship is that like, there's almost a never, like we make fun of each other, mm-hmm. but when it's serious, it's a hundred percent support. Yep. Like yeah. I believe in him and he believes in me, and like we're not making like we make fun of each other for certain things, but when it's serious, we're we're so serious because we both want to do our shit. Yeah. Like. And, uh, and that's something that I've expressed to him that I like really need to be better is that I, I need positivity and I need, um, you know, just be able to talk things through and like figure out the next steps, especially in hard projects and, and I mean life for all of that, you know? And, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what? You just, you just popped something else into my head. Lee and I were talking earlier, um, at the crag about, most of the 24-year-olds who are in your position, Drew, who are climbing really hard mid-range moderates. Um, <laughs> I've a lot of crap for that. 14 <laughs> uh, People haven't... There yeah. aren't many 14C climbers out there your age who didn't come up as hardcore comp kids. Yep. And Lee and I were talking about mm. that. Like, is Drew an anomaly? Are who else is out there who wasn't a competitive comp kid climbing at this level? And if that's the case, why? And and I think we just sort of answered it. I think that there is a lack of that sort of mentorship, partnership out there for sure. Without a doubt. Especially for an eleven or twelve year old kid who's not in a comp, who doesn't have a team, who doesn't have a coach behind them and all of that support and lee played team and coach and friend and the I mean, whole like, all the whole those universe roles. like lined <clears throat> up for us to like for that interaction to happen because yeah i'm at the point now where like there's people who ask me for coaching or yeah you know and now you're returning it and and i in a sm- in tiny ways mm-hmm. because i can't commit like I'm selfish enough right now that I can't commit and you what be. Lee committed to me. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously, like, I want to be able to, like, return that to, to somebody like Lee did to me. But, like, the amount of energy and investment that he put into me is 
absolutely unprecedented now that I see it being potentially asked of me or potentially I want to do that for somebody else. And I'm starting to recognize like, oh, there's this kid and I would invest in him or there's this person and like maybe I want it. And that's super interesting to me because it's like, it makes me feel like, it makes me feel like I understand a little bit more of like how intimidating and how scary it must have been for Lee. Yeah, I think that's true. I think just like you couldn't see how someday soon you're going to be warming up on 12B, it's it's the same situation. Like you, you don't know where your priorities are going to lie. You don't know what you're going to be when you're... Yep. 34 years old, 35 years old, you know, and maybe at that point you're going to say, I really do have the time and I don't feel selfish. Yep. And I want to invest this time into this person or these people or whatever. And I think that's, I mean, that's the direction it seems to be headed to me. And for now, you're, you're signing posters for (laughs) stoked kids, you know, and stoked 40 year olds. Yeah. You know, can you imagine what that feels like for me? The 11 year old kid in my basement is on a fucking poster. I know. Do you have that a poster your in your house? Oh, hell yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And he signed it. Would you sign it? It's what we do. That's right. And Love. It's perfect. You know, it's what we do. Love. That's right. Well, we've got one rolled up in the camper too that Annalisa <laughs> nice. got so we can take home. Nice. So, but, uh, you know, like, here lately, if I write anything about him, you know, I tag it with baby bird done flown the nest. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's not because, you know, I feel like, you know, he's just miles above me and climbing. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's because, you know, he's finished from my standpoint on needing to give him guidance to becoming an adult. Guidance into being a great person. Guidance into hitting his potential. He's done it. He, he's there. He's just going to run with this from now on. I mean, this is this is Drew. There's no worry about him falling off anymore. I bet there's more you're going to give him, though. Oh, yeah. Because that's more what to you give. do. We got more to give. It's yeah. what we do. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate that a fucking ton. <laughs> Thank you, Lee, for everything. I don't. I, I thank you all the time. But now it's the cheesiest podcast. Ever. Uh, I Without love you, a doubt, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's time you for know. you two to go back to Wyoming. No one wants to climb in Wyoming that much. I'm joking, Steve Bechtel. I'm joking. <laughs> Had to get that out there. Little thank shout you. out. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Love you. Yep. Love you too, brother. Thanks for this, Chris. You know, with more and more kids finding climbing, mentorship is harder to come by. And maybe it's an evolving, changing definition, and it's not exactly the same as what it used to be. But what must remain are the ideas of support and direction. And I mean, these are essential to mentorship. And it's important to remember that you're humans. You know, we're all going to screw up, get on each other's nerves, do dumb things, etc., etc. But the level of trust and support that a mentor and, frankly, the, the mentee ultimately provides 
um, to each other can't be overstated. And to all of you out there who are mentoring someone, thank you from me. And to those being mentored, make sure you thank that person. And while I'm at it, thanks to Drew and Lee for sitting down and opening up for this conversation. You guys know I really, really appreciate that. And speaking of mentorship, like I mentioned before, go check out the GoFundMe from Climb Malawi. They're doing important things. Every little bit helps. And just sharing their campaign goes a long way. So even if you can't help, share it with your social media. If you're gearing up for summer training, we have coaching slots available with all of our coaches. Hit us up, powercompanyclimbing.com slash custom. And if you have questions, you can hit me on the Instagrams or the Facebooks at Power Company Climbing. You can also post your question in 280 characters or less on the Twitter machine, and you might get an answer. But it won't be from us, because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. clips of me you said in the last one we did you were gonna take clips of me eating my food and put it out so now i'm just gonna make weird noises for uh what's those that's what, what you friends? did the whole last what five episodes was make weird noises josh and charlie yeah. josh and charlie shout outs <laughs> fuck off <laughs> i'm gonna point out that that noise to everybody at some point god it's so so weird it's so funny it's so weird i love it awful <clears throat> I'm just, I'm going to like at this point in this podcast, mm-hmm. everyone out there who's listening is going to hear it like five times in a row. I'm just going to play do, it over do, and do. over and over. You know, I also want to, oh, yeah. you know, I also want to, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. it's fully mid sentence. How the, how? I don't, I don't even know what you did. I, I don't know what you did. It's like when you're <clears> walking. And there's you're on nothing, and you just trip, and you just eat it. <laughs> but I did that with my mouth. Did you ever hear about that kid that was walking into the load in the winter, oh. and he slipped off the bridge and landed in the river? It was in the fall, I heard actually. Yeah, but he uh, <laughs> slipped, <clears throat> slipped and fell forward. Forward. So forward, but <laughs> sideways, which meant his knee cracked into the. Into the bridge. And then he flipped over. Which then sent him backwards, backwards, <laughs> into the backwards, into the 
into the water. Yeah. Mm. I mean, falling into the water is way better than falling into your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've never done before. <laughs> We're already getting into it here, huh? Yeah. Wait a minute. I haven't fallen into my own shit, have I? No, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah.